What's up guys, my name is Leif Farneson and you're listening to episode 62 of the Vegan Gym Podcast. My brother and I are vegan fitness coaches and bodybuilders who started this podcast as part of our mission to show the world that vegans are strong, healthy, compassionate badasses who are leading the charge against chronic disease, animal abuse, and climate change. We've had the opportunity to help thousands of vegans reach their fitness goals, but we're just getting started. Our goal is to help 1 million vegans get into the best shape of their lives. So if you believe in challenging the status quo and showing the world how badass veganism really is, then this podcast is for you. With that, I'd like to introduce my brother, my co-host for this podcast, Anders. What's going on, man? Yo, yo, yo. What's up, guys? We have three days left. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Three days until our half Ironman. I remember, I don't even know how many months ago, I think it was like six months ago that we committed to this thing. I was like, oh, that's never going to come. Right. <laughs> and here we are. Yeah. Yeah. Three days out, it's starting to uh, feel very real. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're, we're heading out to Denver, Colorado tonight. Yeah. And uh, that's that's really exciting. Yeah. So, oh, I'm super beautiful. excited to get out there. I'm pretty nervous at this point, but uh, yeah, it is what, what are it you, is. <laughs> what are you most nervous about? Um, definitely the swim, just like getting through that. And, uh, I have, I guess I haven't really done an update, but I have been swimming just, uh, I, it hasn't been enough time to nail my freestyle stroke. And I was like, I wanted to do that so badly. I wanted to get out there and feel comfortable like doing freestyle for 1.2 miles. But I, um, I can I can only do two laps comfortably and then it feels like my breathing gets like out of sync and it's something that I've been working on. I feel like I really have my stroke down. I've been taking uh, kind of like underwater video of myself, like performing the stroke and just kind of uh, watching tons of videos. I bought some training uh, DVDs on like how to actually wow, like, I didn't even know that. do this. Yeah. So I've been kind of going through <laughs> this. all out. <laughs> I have because uh, out of necessity because <laughs> I, I waited till the last month to really try to kind of nail this and uh, it just didn't come together. So I feel like I I have kind of my stroke down, but the breathing, it's just not quite there. And so the I feel sw- like, so the swim still the, the number one <clears throat> worry yeah. for you. Yeah. Swim is still kind of the number one concern right now. I'm pretty, I know that I can do it. I'm a little nervous about, uh, the altitude. Um, so Dur- like for during the swim specifically for the swim. Yeah. Okay. Just getting enough air. <laughs> Cause I, I already struggle with getting enough air. So, uh, to have kind of less oxygen, <laughs> <laughs> to uh to breathe in is oh. a little concerning so anyways like uh just getting to you sweating sweating already <laughs> yeah a little bit sorry i'm nervous so all i have to do is get through the swim and as long as i can get through that before the cutoff time which is an hour and 10 minutes then i can finish the race everything will be fine like it will hurt it'll be painful but as long as I get out of the water, I know I'm going to finish. What What did you do at last last Ironman? Uh, fifty six something. Okay, fifty six minutes and something. So, so when in doubt, go to the back stroke. <laughs> yeah. So I do have a little bit of cushion, but I was like, I was going all out like last time. So oh, wow. <laughs> so I feel like wow, maybe like I need to do that again. I need to put forth that full effort, and I'm kind of concerned that it's not. Um, it, it's going to be 
close. Yeah. And and that's that's the only concern I have. But I know once I get through that, as long as they don't pull me off the course because I take longer than an hour and 10 minutes uh, for the swim, as long as that doesn't happen, I'll be fine. I'll finish the race. It will all be good. And uh, it will be an awesome experience. But well, we'll see in three days. <laughs> we will see in three days. And it was kind of yeah. surreal. This this uh, morning we ran uh, for the last time before, before the race, which yeah. is – uh, kind of like sank into a, like it hit me in a certain way. I was like, "Damn!" And actually, is here. <laughs> yeah, I think we said that our last run was going to be the last, but maybe we clarified and said that was the last, last long, long run. run. Yeah. Distance. So this was, um, I guess, long run for some people. Uh, long run for where we were a few months ago. Right. <laughs> but anyways, uh, we went out and we did kind of a nice little five miler, and uh, we were going. So we didn't really have like any strategy to like what we were going to be doing in this run. We're just like, Oh yeah, we'll go out. We'll do five miles. And we got outside and I was like, well, I feel pretty good. Yeah. Like uh, Anders, what do you think about um, hitting like eight minute miles? What do you think about kind of just cruising through an eight minute pace? I was all for it. (laughs) And he was all for it. And I was like, Oh yeah, like I feel good. Let's do this. And, uh, and yeah, it, it felt really easy for about the first half mile (laughs) and uh and then things started going downhill uh very rapidly um not actually because we were going uphill for the last half and that was the real killing killing half but um let me uh just tell you how the splits worked out for this five mile run it it looks hilarious once you finished (laughs) yeah it looks it looks really bad it looks like uh a staircase (laughs) on uh my strava app but um so mile one was seven minutes and six seconds and i'm like after mile one i'm like wow like i feel pretty good i feel like we're pushing the pace a little too much but i feel pretty good mile two uh we hit 751 and i was like okay i'm just like falling right into pace like we're we're right on track to kind of hit that eight minute per mile mark mile three Things started turning south, <laughs> and uh, I hit an 8.52 uh, for mile three. Mile four, things really started hurting. <laughs> it's like an exponential graph. <laughs> yeah, it just got worse and worse. Mile four, I hit nine minutes and 34 seconds, and then mile five, I hit 10 minutes and 59 seconds. So... I went from seven minutes and six seconds in mile one to 10 minutes and 59 seconds in mile five. Now, our average pace for the entire thing, or my average pace, I should say, Andres actually did pretty well. He was far ahead of me. Yeah, I was pretty <laughs> happy with my performance, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I, I felt, I was, we were right neck and neck, like up to mile three, and then you just started pulling away, and I started falling away. <laughs> I remember but, looking back and I was like, wait, where the hell is life? Right. <laughs> so our, my average pace was uh, 853 and that's reasonable. But when you look at those splits, that's absolutely ridiculous. Like that's just stupid. Right. <laughs> so I completely messed up my run because I made stupid mistakes. And these are mistakes that I've made before in the past and mistakes that I've seen many other people make uh, in kind of their health and fitness journey. So, um, this definitely isn't the first time I've made these mistakes and it's not going to be the last, but I want to talk about, um, kind of those, uh, things that I reminded myself, kind of these three main rules, uh, of vegan fitness success that this run reminded me of 
as I was kind of um, going through this really painful experience. Right. So I think it's important to um, kind of remind myself, but I also want to tell all of you about these rules. So hopefully um, that can you don't kinda, end up like life. Let's just yeah. Be hopefully you don't <laughs> you don't burn out. Go out and just like yeah, just kind of eat dirt and just uh, <laughs> like fall over dead. Um, so rule number one is pretty obvious kind of based on what we were just talking about, but it is this, you have to pace yourself and, uh, a, a five miler at an eight minute pace based on what we have been doing previously in our training is just kind of stupid. <laughs> like, like it doesn't make sense. That would actually be the fastest pace that I've pushed for anything more than three miles in over a year. So why would I do that? That would be the first three time days. ever for me. <laughs> yeah. Why would I do that three days before my Ironman race? <laughs> That's idiotic. That's so stupid. So now I'm heading into a really tough race. That's going to be a hundred times more difficult than that five mile run, which felt really painful. And now I have self doubt creeping into my mind <laughs> because my run splits look like a staircase. <laughs> so it's like, it doesn't make any sense. Your Why? first mile Ironman is going to be like six minutes and then your last yeah. one's going to be 25. <laughs> yeah, if I look down my watch and I see 7.06 for the first mile, I'm going to know. I'm, <laughs> I'm done. I'm about to die. So, I mean, that's just really stupid. Like, honestly, it's just stupid. And it's completely unhelpful and strategically idiotic. Like, none of that makes sense. There's no reason I should have done that. Uh, right before the race. Now, years and years ago when I was doing cross country, like that would be a very easy run. <laughs> like I could do that anytime, anywhere, and I could go three times the distance easily, yeah. but I'm not in that running shape right now. Uh, like I've shifted my focus to weight training and I haven't kind of built up that endurance. So it doesn't make any sense for me to try to push the pace like that. And, um, and to make matters worse, I felt really good when I was first starting out. So I pushed the pace, as I said, even beyond that eight minute per mile mark, which is kind of what we decided we were going to do when we first started. And I ran that 706 first mile. And I even thought as I was running this mile, I was like, wow, I was looking down at the, at the pace and I was like, wow, this is pretty stupid, <laughs> like a half mile to run, but I kept pushing myself because I felt really good. Now that's incredibly short sighted. And as I turned around for the second half of that run, I started to really feel it. I knew at that point that I had completely blown it because <laughs> my first half was pretty good. But as I said, my pacing was completely wrong and I kept getting slower and slower. So I went from that 706 mile to a 1059 mile for mile number five. So, um, and as I also said, uh, our average pace or my average pace was eight minutes and 53 seconds, uh, which is pretty decent. That's kind of what we've been doing for all of our other long runs, but it felt so much more difficult than an 853 pace because my splits were all over the place. Like I was going faster and then slower and it's just like all over the place. So if I had just maintained that eight minute and 53 second pace for five miles, I would have finished in the same amount of time, but it would have felt so much easier and I could have kept going beyond that, but I couldn't 
because I destroyed my legs in the first two miles. Now that is all because of pacing and pacing doesn't just pertain to running. It all, it also pertains to, uh, really any health and fitness goal. Now we talk all the time on the podcast about, uh, kind of this new year, new me mentality yeah. where people like get all fired up about a goal, whether it's on January 1st or any other time they get all fired up, they get all motivated. They're ready to just like go just like sprint to a- accomplish their goals And they set these really ambitious fitness goals. They feel all fired up and that's awesome. But then they start just sprinting for it. They, they just go like all out in the first week or two weeks or maybe a month. They're treating a marathon like a hundred meter sprint. Exactly. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And that's exact. That's what I did kind of for this run. So they hit January 1st or whatever date they're kind of starting their goals. And then they go full speed ahead. And what happens? You can't sustain that. You can't sustain, as you said, you can't do the 100 100 meter uh, sprint pace for 26.2 miles for a full marathon. You can't do that. So uh, you might make it a few days kind of going at that pace. But then the reality of kind of how fast you're going, of that fast pace, that starts setting in. And things will start coming up. It'll start becoming painful. You're going to start missing workouts. You're going to start uh, kind of skipping out on your diet and eating foods that you shouldn't be eating. And then what's going to happen? Your pace is going to slow down. Progress is going to slow down. And eventually you're going to decide that it's not worth kind of continuing to push because it's so painful and you're going so slowly and you're not making the progress that you really want to because you didn't pace yourself from the outset. So, uh, that's what's, that's what happens when you don't have the right pacing, whether you're running a marathon or you're trying to accomplish any other fitness goal. And, uh, the irony is that most people, if is that most people can handle that moderate pace, that 853 pace that I was talking about. If I had just maintained that for five miles, then I would have been fine. I could have kept going and I could sustain that pace. I could sustain a nine minute per mile pace. But when I start almost two minutes ahead of that, I can't sustain that. And then I just end up blowing up. So just like I can handle that nine minute pace for a long run, most people are going to be able to handle a moderate pace to accomplish whatever their goals are, as long as they don't kind of start out at a sprint and yeah. just try try to go all out and um, and just try to accomplish their goals faster than um, really time dictates that yeah. that's possible. So um, I, I think a, a one of the biggest things in that area is like pacing yourself is uh, definitely a, something that has a lot to do with your like how you how you view where you want to be, you know, yeah. uh, like telling yourself, oh, I'm going to get there in two weeks or I'm get, going to get there versus the reality of you being able to only get there in like six months. You know, it's I think it's people setting those really ambitious goals, but they're not realistic. Yeah. And I think that's what really brings people to that, that not being able to pace themselves because like you said, uh, January 1st rolls around, people run into the gym, they, they do three hours of cardio and they try to maintain that to get to, uh, where they want to be in two weeks. Yeah. And tr- they're trying to knock off five and a half months. 
Right. And that's impossible. Yeah. That is not going to happen unless if you're trying to lose weight, you chop your arm off and then you lose the weight. You know, it's like that is not going to happen. And that's how people view it. Um, And they they really just need to realize that uh, when you're trying to get the physique that you want, it takes time. Yeah. And it's just a matter of being uh, consistent and pacing yourself. Yeah. It's a matter um, of endurance. That does, that does not mean to not push yourself, okay? Like, you still want to push yourself to a point where you can feel accomplished, to where you can put in, uh, like, your, your, like, push yourself to your limits, but not pushing yourself past those limits. And that's where a lot of people go wrong because that's where they burn out. Yeah. And yeah, we, you, we don't want it's, – it's like a car. You don't rev the engine into the red light and you hold it there for – a, a few minutes you know that's going to kill the engine you keep it at a moderate speed and then you're you can just fly down that highway that's yeah. that's all it is yeah and so we're all about setting really ambitious fitness goals but just get your timeline right yeah, like exactly. don't condense that six month goal into a two-week goal yeah. and then get super kind of frustrated and down on yourself because you aren't accomplishing kind of uh, what you set out to accomplish because your pacing has to be, you you have to be sprinting for those two uh, weeks and that's just not possible. Yeah. So you really have to kind of keep that um, at the forefront of your mind as you're going out and setting goals and trying to accomplish them. Uh, you uh, kind of what you were just talking about um, kind of brought up a quote, one of, one of my uh, favorite quotes by Tony Robbins. And I'm going to paraphrase here because I don't have it written down. But he said, um, <clears throat> most people uh, drastically overestimate what they can accomplish in a year and underestimate what they can accomplish in a decade. Yeah, so true. That's, that's exactly that's quote. right. That's exactly that. <laughs> what uh, what most people yeah. go through. It's like, oh, I'm going to accomplish all of this stuff like on January, like the first month of January or something, instead of like this is what I'm going to accomplish this year, right. and uh, this is kind of what I have to do each day to accomplish that, and this is a pace I need to set for myself. So that's rule number one: pace yourself and actually kind of um, really uh, understand that your goals are going to take time. Like Mm -hmm. ambitious goals take time. So give it the time that they deserve. Don't go all out for a few weeks and then just get kind of uh, burned up because you um, you're tired or frustrated or you're, you saw some progress and now you can't sustain that level of progress because it's just um, you're going too fast. Right. So that's kind of the first thing. Um, the second rule is be prepared. So as I was going out on this run, this was the first run that I went on uh, without any water. And <laughs> people listening so are I, like, "Wow, Leif, you are an idiot." <laughs> yeah. So I didn't. I didn't take any water on this run, and um, uh, in, I don't know why you didn't. It's because I. Uh, so I packed up my whole bike on Monday and I took all of my water bottles that go on my bike that also fit in my uh, running waistband, whatever you call it. 
and I just threw those in the box. So they're somewhere between here and Colorado. <laughs> so I shipped out my bike ahead of time uh, because uh, it was less expensive than taking on the airline. And uh, I have a little bit more um, faith that it's going to reach its destination in one piece. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, I sent it out uh, via UPS and, um, and that's why I don't have any bottles. But I could have grabbed another water bottle. I have other ones. They're not kind of the best, but they would still work. But uh, I didn't bring any water. And I also didn't eat my normal pre-workout meal. I had uh, some popcorn and a protein bar. <laughs> it's like like a completely different meal than I usually would have. Right. It wasn't even a meal. Like that doesn't even, I can't even Snacks. call that a meal. Yeah, it's a little snack and it's not what I normally eat. And uh, those protein bars, although they're really good, the Cliff Builder bars, they're like although they're really good, they're like a rock in your stomach. And you just kind of feel that like, yeah. yeah, it just doesn't feel good. So I ate that literally like 15 minutes before I went on this run, um, which also doesn't make any sense. It's like, and and uh, so I just basically completely switched up everything on um, for my body and my body didn't know how to respond to that. So I, uh, it was, I told myself, Hey, it's just an easy five mile run, but that doesn't give me an excuse to not be prepared. Right. Like even if it's just a five mile run, which now seems, uh, fairly insignificant in comparison to what I have to do, especially on Saturday, it's still a five mile run and it's still really hot out. So I should, um, I should prepare yeah, that's definitely, that. that's definitely one thing that I realized. It was ex extremely hot out and yeah. humid. Yeah, it was. I'm glad I was so, running without a shirt. <laughs> right. Yeah, I ran with a shirt without water. <laughs> I got a black shirt. I think that <laughs> I think that can't help with uh, kind of uh, sun and stuff. But anyways, I, um, I started really hurting a lot kind of halfway through the run, and I was sweating a lot. It was really, really hot. I don't remember the exact – I actually didn't look at the exact temperature, but it was very hot. I had nothing to drink, and the second half was mostly uphill. So I had, like, everything going against me because I didn't prepare properly. And uh, at mile four, which is where things really started to hurt, I also threw up in my mouth. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and it happened so fast that I didn't even – I, I didn't even like get the urge to like spit it out. I just swallowed it. <laughs> oh my goodness. So I like threw up in my mouth, swallowed that. I had no water to rinse it down. So I'm running uphill at a super slow pace because my legs are dead. It's really hot out and I have no water to wash away the taste of vomit in my mouth. And that's all because I wasn't prepared and I didn't pace myself properly. So, um, so that's why you have to never forget rule number two. Always be prepared. When you're going through your health and fitness journey, there are going to be times when you are either going to continue making progress or not solely based on your level of preparation. So we hear a lot of times people are saying, uh, hey, I'm going, I, I travel a lot for work or I'm going on a vacation stuff. I can't maintain my diet. How do I do this? I don't understand like what I can do to keep uh, pushing things forward. And it's really tough. And yes, it is really tough, but it's a lot easier if you are prepared and you can actually maintain the momentum if you are prepared. So if you're trying to maintain your diet while traveling, 
then you can prep your food ahead of time or as much ahead of time as possible. Bring some snacks, bring stuff that will that will kind of keep for a few days and take that along uh, on your trip. So you at least have um, a few days worth of food, right. even if uh, your trip is a week or two weeks or something. That gives you time to settle in and find other options. So you don't... I uh, get to your hotel late one night. And you're like, I'm starving. I didn't have dinner. Like nothing on the airline was uh, vegan or macro friendly. Let's, so let's go to the vending machine. <laughs> yeah. So I need to like find something to eat right now. And that's when you are tempted by foods that you shouldn't be eating uh, by getting off your diet, by missing the gym. Like we literally plan our housing accommodations when we're traveling based on their proximity to our ideal gym. Yeah. Like, where do we want to get? We find our gym and then we find the hotel that's within walking distance of that gym. I'm more excited about the gym than the hotel. <laughs> exactly. <in bed. laughs> yeah. The hotel is just to sleep in. The gym is to train in and better ourselves in. Yeah. So, so we kind of focus on finding the right gym, finding the right uh, area to be in uh, to maintain our diet. We look for grocery stores and stuff ahead of time. We literally plan out our trips ahead of time uh, so we know like what we need to, uh, where we need to be to uh, maintain that momentum. And the reason that people fall off their healthy habits um, is because they don't plan to succeed. So uh, the alternative is you're planning to fail. Like if yeah. you don't plan to succeed, you're gonna you're planning to fail. Yeah, and it could be as simple as just like meal prepping for the week too. You know, it's like going to work. You, you work uh, ten hours a day, uh, and you don't meal prep your meals, and you go to work. Then that's going to be like okay, your coworkers walk past. Hey, yo, Kelly, you want to come to us? Uh, come come with us to lunch or something? And yeah. You're like, Heck yeah, I have no lunch. Right. You know, it's like, of course. Yeah. And then you go there and then the only option is a salad doused in uh, oil, a uh, ton of oil and yeah. uh, in the dressing, you yeah. know, and then you're you living... don't really have a choice. Exactly. And you're living in reaction mode instead of proactive mode. Like, right. Be proactive, like be prepared and kind of go through your entire uh, day and week and travel plans or uh, at work, wherever you're, you are or whatever you're doing, be prepared because that's what's going to separate um, uh, you from uh, those potential failures. Yeah. And, I, and I don't want any of you to tell us, oh, it's impossible, okay? <laughs> we, we've had uh, one of our past clients, her name is Lauren, she actually... Uh, was uh, traveling for the better half of the f the first half of the academy that she was with us. Yeah. Like not just around where she was located. She was going to other countries. Like yeah. she was in Europe and she was in United States and was going back and forth, yeah. which is absolutely insane. And so it can easily be done because by the end of the academy, she was able to shred 20 pounds of fat, which yeah. is outstanding yeah she so, crushed it and that's because she didn't use traveling as an excuse to be unprepared she she did so, choose her uh, housing around gyms too which yeah. is awesome <laughs> i mean that's that's what it takes and yeah. people might think wow that's ridiculous yeah and then in response i would say well i'm going to accomplish it, it my goals be, it would be ridiculous you? not to work towards my goals right so so that's rule number two um and rule number three is never give up so, um, just even, even when you're prepared, even when you are pacing yourself, it's still going to be difficult. So, uh, in those times you just, 
can't give up. Yeah. And in mile four and five, I wanted to walk so badly. <laughs> like I actually haven't gotten that urge uh, really strongly for a while. But like mile four and five, I was just like mentally and physically just like destroyed and was not feeling it. I just wanted to stop and walk. And even though I was barely going faster than a walk, I still kept running. I didn't stop once and it was hurting a lot. And as I said, I also threw up in my mouth. I had a lot of things kind of working against me, but I didn't give up. I didn't stop. And even when you pace yourself, even when you're fully prepared, that doesn't mean that it's going to be easy and it shouldn't be easy. Like listen to uh, our last episode. If you want to uh, hear what we think about taking it easy, because um, we have a lot to say about, yeah, we have (laughs) a lot to say about that. So when it gets hard, you have to lean in and be grateful for those opportunities. Be grateful for the opportunity to test your limits and strengthen your mind. That's something that's uh, actually pretty rare for yeah. most people. So that's why I'm doing this race. Yes. I mean, so welcome those opportunities when you, even when you pace yourself, even when, when you're prepared, like you can still push yourself and uh, kind of just enjoy that time to really test your limits, to strengthen your mind. And, um, those are the experiences that I, I'm most proud of. Like, yeah. even though that run absolutely sucked, even though I'm not happy at all with my performance, even though I feel like an idiot for how I started that run, I still feel proud of not stopping. And I know if I had stopped that run would have been mentally 10 times worse. Right. So, um, so now at least I'm hanging to Boulder kind of knowing that even if I'm pushing knowing an that 11, you can barely make it five miles. Yeah. Even <laughs> if I'm pushing an 11 minute mile on mile five of just a run without a bike and swim in front of it. And I push through that. Um, I'm going to do the same in Boulder and yeah. it's going to be better because I, I'm going to pace myself. I'm going to be prepared and, uh, I'm not going to give up. So those are the three rules, uh, for vegan fitness success. And, um, and, uh, I just want to thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. Uh, do you have anything else? Uh, guys look forward to hear, uh, I look forward to telling you guys how the, the, uh, race goes. So yeah. it'll be interesting. That'll be good. Our next episode will probably be a race recap. So <laughs> yeah, so if, hopefully if we're alive. Yeah. Hopefully we're both on that episode, <laughs> but we're going to pace ourselves and right. be prepared. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that shouldn't happen. But anyways, if you found value in this episode, uh, please take a minute right now to share this episode with a friend. Uh, We're never going to run any ads on the podcast. We've been growing uh, really fast because you guys have been doing your part uh, to really share our message, and we're super grateful for that. So uh, right now, you know someone, a friend, a family member, a coworker, you know somebody who would benefit from hearing this episode, and all we ask is that uh, you share this with that particular person. So it could be exactly what that person needs to hear in this particular moment of their life to kind of push through uh, a roadblock or push through some limiting beliefs or start making progress again. Um, and that's what we want to do. That's yeah. our whole mission. We want to help people. So please help us help them by telling them about the podcast. And you can also share a screenshot of this episode on uh, whatever platforms you're on and uh, be sure to tag us so we can thank you guys 
personally. So uh, thanks so much for listening to this episode. And until next time, apply these three rules for vegan fitness success and keep challenging the freaking status quo. Thank <laughs> you.